Hey, this is Adam Green, creator of the Hatchet franchise and the TV show Holliston, and you are listening to Nightmare Junkhead. of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that has the utmost respect and fear of any and all of our french veterinarian listeners <laughs> my name is greg d i'm odb <laughs> on today's episode our language lessons come to a close as our trek through the new french extremity gets us even newer as we look into 2016's raw and regardless of how you get your protein, all you need to do to listen into our show is to simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your shimmy, shimmy, yaw, shimmy, yam, shimmy, yay hole. Of course, if you're shimmying out on social media, you can find us out on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and French college shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, <laughs> November 26th, if you would like to get your French shenanigans taken care of indoors, virtually, all you have to do is head to screenland.com. And oh boy, Genius McGee. <laughs> Number one, I totally should have seen all of the ODB <laughs> stuff from the get-go. Why it took me by surprise is a good sign. You can still surprise me 300 episodes in. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well, it also should be surprising is going to be our latest Friday Night Fright, which is coming out on the 26th on Black Friday. Yes, it's very rare that we get to show a movie that we haven't seen. It, very rare, and usually, if that's the case, a lot of the times it's an older film. Yeah. think, actually, when we went back to 1960... With Black Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, but, but this is a brand new movie. It's even rare when we get to see something brand new in this case. And what I love is this film is kind of cashing in on a couple of things right now. One of them is the Sawasans, or as Jill Gavargazian would say. The Sawas family. It is playing on the names of two elder statesmen of genre. Mm -hmm. And more than anything is also playing off the fact of the hell that is Black Friday. Oh, yeah, some holiday horror. And it is Black Friday with Bruce Campbell, Michael Jai White. Choo! Dynamite. Dynamite. <laughs> and, of course, Devin Sawa. Deadites don't wear alligator shoes. <laughs> and as you mentioned, also the girl... From um, Pan's Pan Labyrinth. I'm so now more, yeah. more intrigued. And this is a brand new release, so it is really nice that we've, we're being able to span... In Friday Night Frights, some of the old classics to the current stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm really anxious to see how this plays. And of course, for any and all of our friends out there that had to go through retail hell today. Our I'm hats, sorry. Yeah, our hat's I'm, off to you. I've been there, done that, have the t-shirt. I, my, my, I have the scars. Yeah, that's going to say, you know the hell that it is. <laughs> so now looking forward, though, to something that isn't hellish. But next Friday Night's Fright, we're actually going to be ringing in. December in a great way. <laughs> Dong-sember. Oh, no. 
Oh no, you're right. Oh well, now I know. I forget tiny terrors, my friend. It's December. You've done now. Stepped into that for the month of December. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, definitely, uh, what one of the things that we love here in the month of December, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or in this case, Doncember, is those films that. Bring in the Christmas cheer. Yes. Whether it is uh, some of the stuff we find in Black Friday with the retail stuff, but of course, our relationship with one Santa Claus, mm-hmm. old Saint Nick. Yeah. And it's even better when we can bring in an international take on it. And then when you combine the two, mm-hmm. you get the rarest of genre movies. Yes. The dongs are hung by the chimney with care because red, rare exports is giving us flair. It's we actually had this play as part of uh, Christmas with the Nerds mm-hmm. a few years ago, so I'm really anxious to see it as Friday Night Fright, and it's it's not what you think it is. No, it's uh, it's can it's we say- it's a coming of age story. It's a. A- aside from the dong, it's like kind of family friendly. That's just it. I say, would you call this gateway horror? Yeah, it's family friendly, but there's just kind of like a couple of scenes of dong in it. Well, you know what? We we should be raising kids not to like laugh at nudity and to be cool with it. So right. they're not 40, 40 year old dudes that talking giggle. about dong sember and shit. Exactly. Exactly. Raise <laughs> them normal. Otherwise, this is what happens to right? you. Right. <laughs> they they uh, have a way healthier. Uh, Look on sex over there in uh, Sweden. Yes. And Finland and all there. Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale, is fan-freaking-tastic. And the best part is it's brief. Mm-hmm. I think it's like 84 minutes. It's perfect. It is perfect. Now, of course, the next Saturday on the 27th here at Screenland, um, there is Black Friday, and then there's Cyber Saturday. Uh-huh. And it's almost more appropriate Yeah, that this title is playing on Cyber Saturday at 930 Come on out. Thank you. Have a nice day. <laughs> Jim Wernowski's Chopping Mall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, come for the Crampton Crimp. Stay for the head explosion. Oh, see Susie Slaughter's head explode in mm-hmm. a big, bad way. And show up early for a little pre-show goodness, which does feature some of the all-time great head explosions in genre. I'm not saying that you're going to see Ann Ramsey on this one, <laughs> but you might see yeah. Ann Boom. Now, of the other, there are technically no other repertory screenings going on this weekend. However, a film that is built around a repertory franchise, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, mm-hmm. which I had a chance to see. Me too. What? Let me let me let me ask you this. Uh huh. Did you tear up? No. Okay. I was like, oh, that's sweet. Okay. That's nice. It, it hit the feels though for yeah, you. Yeah, I had a good time with it. I had to train to Busan it a little, I'm not going to lie. Oh, no. Where I was just kind of staring down at the ground and was aware because I felt the same tinge and I was getting teary-eyed. And I knew if I let myself just take it all in, I would have just sobbed. And I didn't want to do that. But needless to say, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I I had a good time with it. I think there's a nice combination of fan service and stuff for the new kids. Mm -hmm. and kind of fits the the Force Awakens template a little. Yeah, it does. Not in a bad way, per se, but uh, that is available. Now, of course, if you don't live in the Kansas City area and would like to support uh, Screenland from afar, you can do that a couple of ways. Uh, first, you can go to ScreenlandOnline.com, where you can rent a number of films straight from them. Or if you'd like to join their film family, all you need to do is head to Patreon.com Screenland, where amongst the many tiers and perks there... They do offer a few movie watch parties of which we are part of. Mm-hmm. In fact, our latest one is happening on Saturday the 27th. 
our latest Shutter shout-out. <laughs> and I hope you left room. Oh, yeah. Because we got a little Thanksgiving leftover double feature. <laughs> and technically, two films that were... If you're in the Kansas City area, you could have experienced here in the theater. Right. And so if you are not, yeah. that's why it's leftovers. It's for you. <laughs> the home game. We are showing... Um, the wonderful and insane aforementioned chopping mall, and then the even more bad shit, blood rage. Genius. I'm Todd. I'm Todd. <laughs> That's not cranberry sauce. Now, both of those, of course, are streaming on Shutter. But by joining the Screenland Film family, you're going to have access to the exclusive content that we put together, including a customized pre-show, introduction to the films trailer reel and of course the post-film discussion oh yeah <laughs> of, of which we're going to have a lot to talk about with that kind of a double feature oh yeah oh there, there's a lot of goodness to be had you're just going to be just sitting on the floor gobbling it up gobbling it up would you say maybe even chewing through it as mm -hmm. one would with some gum oh yeah yeah that's gonna be great <laughs> so for access to that and so much more head on over to patreon.com slash screenland but genius, uh, if we're talking Patreon and film family, hey, bellies. We have our own little weirdo collection of film family members over at Patreon, and uh, would like to give a shout out to three members in particular. Uh, shout out to Chad, Diana, and Dustin, as they were in attendance to last Friday night's fright, Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. It's a great movie. It's so much fun and atmospheric, and just. Well, I, it's, I think it's Tim Burton firing on all cylinders. kind of him doing a Hammer horror film. Yeah. But, and unfortunately, I was not able to make it in attendance. I was actually out of town that week. So, but Christopher Walken, wow. But you mentioned that it wasn't as big a turnout maybe as we normally get. Uh-huh. So, you, uh, you think it was the, the Jeffrey Jones' taint? Is it the taint of one Jeffrey Jones? I think so. The freckly taint of Jeffrey Jones. Oh, I don't want to know what's on it there, Genius McGee. It's bad enough that I'm trying to do the homonym play here, but uh, <laughs> now that you're bringing up the actual physical, that's kind of awful. But that's the question. If we show, like, the devil's advocate, are we going to get a low turnout because of him? Or, or ravenous, maybe. As much as Antonio Bird's movie rocked. <laughs> At the same time, it's like, oh, okay. Is that why we're not getting a Howard the Duck screening anytime soon? Although I've been lobbying for it. <laughs> or a mom and dad save the world or save the universe. Oh, good lord. Well, this is why. Because it's got John Levitz in it. Jealous? Yes. Well, this is why we always have to do a preemptive, like, little we're sorry thing whenever Beetlejuice plays. Because that one still brings them in, but. Well, at the same time, like, also, like, you know, when we were doing uh, Nerdoween 666, right? I wanted to do show Stay Tuned. And they're like, uh, I don't know. It's better if he's a side <laughs> character doing his character actor thing. As opposed thing. to the main bad guy. He I mean, although himself, basically. Although it kind of makes sense. It's fitting. I mean, Jeffrey Jones as the bad guy. I mean, yeah. Whoever directed that film probably knew something. <laughs> knew something. was Like, like uh, I'm going to make you the devil because, uh, yeah, no non-evil person would have that... Uh, Photo album. Well, oh, well, and that's just, I'm not to make light of what he was charged with because it's not to be made light of. However, it does bring in that question of separating the art from the artist, man. And yeah. thankfully, since he's more of a better used as a side, side character as opposed to the main person, like the driving force behind it. Right. Which that's a whole nother conversation there. But um But it's just cause when he shows up, cause like fucking Amadeus, Academy Award winning yes. Amadeus, beautiful movie, 
fantastic dialogue. It's just smart. It's not historically accurate, but at the same time, it's engaging. Well, and it's, and it's, then here comes Jeffrey Jones as fucking King Wilhelm, you know? And I'm like, oh, God. At this point, you <laughs> My want- first rule of decree is that, like, oh, no, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. You need Saliari to put his, you know, menace towards him. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that you mentioned that because Tom Hulse, who plays Amadeus in that, he had like two big roles, I think, between that and Animal House, and then like dropped out of the face of the earth. Yeah, it's bizarre. And I haven't revisited Amadeus in a while. Does it still hold up? I love Amadeus. That movie is so good. I saw the first time I saw it was in elementary school. We watched it in music appreciation class, right? And like, as soon as a <laughs> and he's just chasing around that buxom, that all a very Benny Hillian, Benny Hillian, right? Yes. I was. Yeah, it just caught my interest like that, and I wound up just loving it. Do we have it? Would be Yakety Sack number five. Right. It's all orchestraic and sweeping and shit. I don't know. How did we get here? Yakety Oboe. You know? See, this is unfortunately what happens when you introduce something like Jeffrey Jones. Yakety Harpsichord. That's it. <laughs> Ooh, actually, I'd pay to listen to that. <laughs> He's over there hitting. <laughs> they hitting a little old man in a powdered wig in the back of the head. He's chasing around Marie Antoinette, trying to get under a bustle. You know, next thing you know, the executioner comes in, and they're chase- chasing them all of them. Back, back and forth. Back and forth and back and forth through fucking... The Bastille just. <laughs> you have the threat of an Iron Maiden and a guillotine in the background, or as like well. they all they all run into the Iron Maiden and close, and then you just see like it's dark and just see eyeballs, you know, like just little, a little like, tight in here, don't you think? Like, ooh, who's doing that? Pardon me, Mademoiselle, because <laughs> you know it's it's Betty Hill, and then like you just see like the executioner's eyeballs, and it was like. Ah, sacre blue, and they would all run out, ah, and just <laughs> that's the Amadeus in my head. The play. I, I again, I'm not saying I wouldn't buy a ticket to this, but at this point, I'll probably subscribe to your newsletter, genius. I'm kind of all along with what you're putting out. But yes, it, it, long answer, long answer short, Amadeus still holds up. <laughs> And yes, Jeffrey Jones does lose his head in Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, uh, if you would like a little shout out here on the show or access to, and technically releasing here next Monday, we're going to be sharing our thoughts on Black Friday mm-hmm. as part of our new horror release. Uh, we also recently released our Candyman commentary, which I don't know if we owe apologies for that one or. I don't know. Tiny Candy Fight ads. It's. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what's good for what's good for blood not shedding? What's what's what are sources if not for citing? My friend, that works its way into <laughs> my lecture lexicon, and I will totally give you credit for that. But if you'd have, like to have access to that and a whole lot more, including the content for said shutter shout out, all you have to do is become a member of our film family by heading over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead, where we indeed have every tier. From a squidly diddly to another time, another place. <laughs> I'm. We've got a lot of giggles throughout the month here in November, <laughs> unexpectedly so. And granted, a lot of it is usually upfront, <laughs> yeah, as much as we can, and which is, I think, why I think some of the tangents have been going on, and because we know when we veer. 
back into said French extremity. There's no more laughter to be had. Not a lot. That's why we're like talking about like Madam and <laughs> or why you know Jeffrey Jones taint or you know you've got um you've got Gary Busey hanging dong. I mean, there's a reason why we're going into that territory before we then head over to our neighbors over in France. And I call this one the hot tension. <laughs> well, before we officially enroll and matriculate over into veterinary school, I want to do a little word association with you, genius. Mm -hmm. And the word is very simple, raw. Mm -hmm. And I think what's great is not having this a visual component here, because <laughs> even though you were doing it subtly... You still got left elbow be damned. You still got a little, little, little shimmy shimmy on shimmy yam shimmy yay. So there's definitely going to be a certain subset of people that are going to gravitate towards the Wu Tang, right? O D B. Uh huh. When they say uh, you know raw, ooh baby, I like it raw. <laughs> I think there's going to be another subset of people, and this again depends on your age and your, especially your comedy references. But uh, Julia Ducarneau, Ducarneau's Raw is currently streaming on Netflix, which is how we both viewed it. Eddie Murphy's Raw is currently streaming on Netflix. And I don't know if it's how long That's it in been? French subtitles. Oh That's what that is. You boy, you need some subtitles on that one. Ilegia Joe goes down to the K. You the fuck you man. <laughs> fuck you, Eddie. <laughs> if it's been a while since you've watched that one, it lives up to its namesake. It's raw. You really couldn't say what he's saying. Back in Raw. Fuck, you couldn't really say it back in the day, back then. No, he still had a lot of controversy. Oh, yeah. Him. But, you know, he's, it's, he's looked back on it, and he's like, yeah, you know what? I was young. I was cocky. That's the way I was at the time. It's probably... He reflected on it and said, you know what? I wouldn't say it now. Yeah. And now he's, like, Mr. Family Friendly. It's With so weird to see people, like... We are talking in, like, in, in, on the way out here. People who are only, like, used to him in, like, Dr. Doolittle. Sure. And Daddy Daycare. We're reverse engineering into his 80s work. Not so much even the movies, because the movies himself, he's still very, he's raw on those. Right. Dropping F-bombs, but boy, in Delirious and Raw, whoo, yeah. boy oh boy, between even just the leather outfits themselves. Well, I mean, the same thing, look at Ice Cube. You know, oh, people who now know him as for only um, Are We There Yet, you know, and like what it, that other kid movie he did, going back to NWA days. Because ah. Most Wanted, I mean, and you are a fan, so how does that work for you is it's it weird? weird it's super weird because like he's still predator he's still wicked you know the the good year blimp still says ice cubes a pimp yet he's <laughs> going around making like are we there yet four you know and it's like but okay. is that a, just a sign though that it's you, you we're getting to, older yeah. i guess your, yeah your priorities change your perspective change the baggage you bring mm -hmm. changes so it would be a little bit weird if he was still that angry, you know, in his 50s when he's doing as well as he is. He'd it's be, like, bitching about something else, like people taking, young people. That's who he'd be complaining about. These motherfuckers out in the street, you know, talking about, like, taking all the good parking and, like... <laughs> and we're not we're not throwing shade because... No, because we're we right fucking are, there. Yeah. We grew up with them. So, like, yeah, no. As we, as we age, complaining as that age as well. Yeah, instead of like, you know, going down to the Compton Swap, maybe he's talking about going and get like his HMOs taken care of and shit, you know? Run down to the dry cleaning, just getting all pissed off. Uh, the triple doubles he has are just the ones he watches anymore. It's, and again, it happens to us all. Now, but even another subset of people, Genius McGee, when they think Raw, we might have some wrestling fans out there. Yeah. The Monday Night Raw, the Monday Night Wars, Monday mm -hmm. Night Nitro. 
I was a wrestling fan at that time, so that was like appointment television. Fucking yeah, Monday Night Raw and Saturday Night SmackDown. I, and I'm old enough that there wasn't even Saturday Night SmackDown. It was Saturday Night's main event. And it was before the oversaturation of everything. When yeah, when when a wrestling thing popped up, it it meant something. You know, it's one of those times. It's such a weird time to think about because now there's wrestling channels. Well, and everything is everywhere, regardless of what you enjoy, whether it is uh, rap, comedy, wrestling. There's so much more access to it now. So back in the day when we had that stuff, it I think it meant a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe it's it was just, special. It was event television. It, it really was. Yeah, it really was. It was like a special presentation. I could even see like the, the whole yes, yeah, where it's rainbow the rainbow thing moving. Oh, there's. Get off our yard, turn the music down, no what's way. wrong? Yeah, I know. And well, it's funny because technically we're going to be talking about a movie that's all about youth culture. Yeah, about kids, but the children, like Wu-Tang Clan. Well, and that's bringing it back. Bringing it back. It is all about the kids. So 2016's Raw, uh, the directorial debut of Julia Ducarneau. And for a directorial debut, you want to talk about a self-assured vision Yeah, and just a statement of just what you are and what you're going to be doing, holy smokes. It doesn't look um, like a first attempt. No, no. This is very measured. There's good collaboration going on. Mm -hmm. But do you remember kind of any of the hype behind this film? Yeah, I remember coming out like, oh, it's it's really good and very deep and it's... There was some hype, but not enough where I'm going to be. It wasn't like, you know, it's the scariest movie of the year and all that stuff. That hype, when I hear that shit, that burns me. When I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's doing good on the circuits. And I heard it's been, like, gross. That's part of the new French extremity. And I'm like, okay. And that's just it. I heard French genre film that people are passing out at during festival screenings. People are puking at during festival screenings. They're what I would call les incomputants. <laughs> but that kind of word of mouth, though, that's a good buzz. You can't generate buzz like that, especially given the nature and the content of the film. Mm-hmm. It's a gross gag, you know, just a cannibal film. Well, and that's also probably a badge of honor to like sure. those French extremity cats, anyway, because that's like their thing. Oh yeah, and it's, this is one of those films you could I upset think the bourgeoisie. Well, and I think even in some of the festival screenings, they started passing out like barf bags. And which, given that kind of a uh, Corman-esque uh, flair, the uh, William Castle flair, yeah. it adds to it. And in today's day and age, with the word of mouth via social media, you even got more of that now working around. So through the websites, social media, heard a lot about this movie. And I was excited because even back in 2016, I was fortunate enough to see it twice theatrically. Uh, once through the draft house and once via Screenland. Mm-hmm. And that was back in the day when we were fortunate enough to have multiple, multiple choices. Yeah, And I made sure any kind of a film like that came through that I'd want to see at both of them just to try to support. But I'm going to tell you this. Both of those screenings, man, I was squirming. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if it's because it's... I knew it was a cannibal movie. I didn't realize it was a secret body horror movie. Yeah, it was not, uh, and and with every scratch that happens, with every rash that we see, I got more and more uncomfortable. And then by the time we get into some of the more sink teething scenes, I was I was totally in and involved. Hmm. See, okay, that's almost the exact opposite of me. Because I was like, okay, where's the extreme? 
Let's see this extreme. Come on, I'm waiting for this. Because you've seen extreme. some of the French extremities. Because I've seen some shit, you know? And I'm thinking, okay, cool. You've got that thousand yard genre fan stare. I'm like, mm-hmm. right, okay, what you got, what right? You got. And so when they hear like people are vomiting and people are passing out and all that shit, and I'm like, okay, cool. Let's do it. So then when I'm watching, I'm like, this is a good movie, but, you know, it's like, it could have been better. And I think it's like because of that hype and because of my own i guess desensitization of it sure. that sure. where it's like okay i was kind of expecting more but it wasn't that i was didn't like the movie i enjoyed this movie but i enjoyed this movie more so the second time and i think because i had the baggage of the not expectation of that this is not going to be as extreme as as let's say even going back to this month sure. high tension was significantly more extreme and that's more beginners or uh, mm-hmm. French extremity. Mm-hmm. Martyrs is significantly more extreme than that. And we survived that with jokes, you know? So, like, I just didn't want to say, like, you know, this movie ain't shit, you know? But at the same time, it's nowhere near as, like, extreme as I thought it would be. Is it gross? Yes. Have I seen grosser? Yes. Oh, absolutely. You know, but, like, I, I don't know. This time I enjoyed it more because I wasn't expecting more. I was expect yeah. This time I actually go in and like let it just all sink in and i really enjoyed the movie and that's just it as well i think and i will say this in advance as well i think this along with martyrs high tension and a lot of the films in the new french extremity you can definitely throw in some academic discourse you know you can definitely find a thesis within there and again we're probably going to add nothing new to that right but what i really dig with this movie is it consists of so many genres in it it can it, it is it could go so many different ways. Yeah, it is one yakety sax music cue away from like college shenanigans. Col- it is totally a, you could totally view it in a college shenanigans type genre. Right. I was waiting for like Gus of the Sewer with his accordion to come out. Are you ready for the summer? Are you ready for the fun? We had kind of a crusty dean slash professor. We had a hell of a crusty dean. That professor was an asshole. He was he was that guy that's like look to your left look to your right those people are going to be you know gone by you know halfway through the semester right he's that guy he's all about like you know sever uh, planting those seeds of fear and you even like when she left after that initial interaction when he looked at her test he's like well that's wrong already won well that's not a good way to start the year and i'm like fuck because then he puts it underneath the thing and he just smiles to himself yeah he's happy he's like just because you're some sort of wonder kid doesn't mean i'm gonna take it easy right so you have that aspect and again you have all the parties that are going on like you would in a college shenanigans you have a coming of age like yeah then we have like a the the family familiar bond it's a straight up coming of age movie this movie is a coming of age film Mm -hmm. set in a college shenanigans aspect but then you add the genre, the really true genre aspects, and again, it is a straight-up cannibal movie. There is no doubt about it. But then it's also a body horror film, like I said, in secret body horror, because you don't... Ex- do you expect that in a cannibal f- cannibal movie? Oh, yeah. I expect yeah. some sort of... like. Well, she's body horror is not as in, like, she's mutating or melting, mm. but, like, she gets this crazy rash. And I do expect some sort of, like, skin trauma. In a cannibal movie, as opposed to like ripping into the flesh or cutting of the flesh, but that rash, oh. I didn't expect the rash. But at the same time, it was like, ooh, that looks painful. Oh, it's beyond painful. In fact, every scratch 
and the sound design in this, it made me cringe even yeah. more, like I said. So just something as simple as scratching a rash, when done right between the lighting, the sound design, the makeup effect, the, the, the actor themselves becomes a rev- an act of revulsion mm-hmm. that just really got to me. It made me itch, though. Oh, no. Like, because I was sitting there, and I'm, like, watching, and she's like, eh, eh, and then all of a sudden I'm like, eh. Yeah. And then I start scratching, like, you know, like my chest. Like, I'm, like, not a fiend, like a crack fiend, but I'm like, eh. And then, like, I started, made, like, my legs started to itch. Then Biscuit jumped on there, and then, like, I'm like, I just started to itch more. The cavalcade of badness, my friend, all brought about, the st- and that's the thing. That's what a good body horror will do to you. It's going to unnerve you a bit. It's going to yeah. make you go, oh. What? Why am yeah, I? Yeah, it just made me itch. Like, oh, oh. No. did I eat something that I shouldn't have? It's like, did, did you have some dairy? <laughs> no, that, that doesn't make me itch. That is a, okay. Speaking of something that you shouldn't have, this first time we were, we're they're like, oh, she's a vegetarian. She has to be a vegetarian. And she spits out the meatball out of her mashed potatoes. Right. That's a big fucking meatball. That How was. do you not notice that big ass meatball in the mashed potatoes? I've eaten big gallops of mashed potatoes in my time too. But I'll notice a big fucking meatball in there. Well, and then just that shot and the texture of her just spitting it out. And then just that acceptance of, ooh, there's a meatball in there. Mm-hmm. But it also kind of plants the seed of the fact that why is the mom getting so upset? Her mom went on full-level Karen. Oh, yeah, she did. Yeah. Yeah, she I did. I want to speak to the manager. What if she had a food allergy about this meatball? Well, and it's and again, why are they so upset? It happens occasionally. And again, that pays off at the very end. But... Let's just talk about some of the college shenanigans here. And first and foremost, you know, I work at a place that actually offers a vet tech program. And I'm not saying because of this movie that anytime someone shows interest in it, I kind of look at them a little differently. But I'm, let me tell you something. If, you know, if we're talking about the aptitude and dispositions of, like, French veterinary students or anyone going into that field. I like the way they think. Holy they, moly. Those French, know how to, those French vets know how to party. And I'm thinking to myself, okay. <clears throat> the first shenanigans you see is the raising of the dorm dorm room. Yes, where they come in, ah, rah, rah, and I'm like, okay, that sucks, right? That's I'd be pissed if I was in the middle of the sleep. And then they made him walk onto on all fours through the parking lot. I'm that like, whole ritualistic thing was kind of creepy. I was like, that's creepy and gross, and also that'd be painful, and I would be pissed off too. But then, but then. It all leads to this big giant party in with underwear in the middle of like basically the opening scene of Blade and like <laughs> everybody's Frenchified and they're making out and they're dancing and people are like fucking on the dance floor and getting obliterated drunk and I'm thinking okay on the one hand my dorm room is trashed and I had to walk through, like, and I'm not going to get any sleep, and I had to walk on all hands and fours for probably about two or three blocks, and that would suck. But on the other hand, it kind of led to this really cool party where everybody's, like, having a great time, and, like, people are making out and all this kind of wacky stuff. And so I'm thinking, yeah, I'd probably be like, okay, all is forgiven. You know, I'll go and clean my room. I, was, I wasn't really unpacked anyway, so. Well, and if you think about it, like, the fact that apparently that, that it is a very competitive scene in that whole French veterinary. Uh, like, I think there's, like, five schools over there, and they are very competitive. So you have to think anyone that's bi- that got there had to study hard, so therefore they need to let loose. They work and hard. They play hard. Hit the music. <laughs> It's fucking Gus Vissur in his accordion. Everybody dance now. <laughs> but it sets up like, okay, this is the kind of school 
setting and party setting that we're going to be in. Yeah. And, and then here's another thing about the college shenanigans and the hazing, okay? Yeah, no, hazing is not good in any way, shape, or form. We are very anti-hazing. We can, be, we can agree on we're that. We're very anti-hazing. However, in the grand scheme of things, in the grand of hazing and college shenanigans, they weren't that bad. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's because like I've been watching some SVU recently, <laughs> but like you know, I've seen some terrible shit when it comes to hazing. It always bothered me when they'd like fly Stabler out and have him go to like Amsterdam and do SVU International <laughs> and like take down like an animal trafficking ring or something. Right. It was always really bizarre. No, I I agree. I definitely don't think they were as bad. But what's interesting though is like the whole journey of Justine. And from the get-go, when we have... Justine, 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 Justine. Let's get wet. <laughs> but the, her, from the get-go, when we established that she's probably had this very, not exclusive upbringing, but very structured and rigid. Oh, yeah. And the introduction of meat, the introduction of this other like way of thinking and living is introduced. And the whole idea of college, I know for some people is to expand your mind, mm -hmm. is to get into new scenarios and situations and, you know, get acquaintances and friends and experience. And another way is to experience, or, you know, experiment uh -huh. potentially. And from the get-go, you can see her almost be overwhelmed with everything. Like overstimulation. Just yes. Wah! Like, as it's... Like she's it's a brand new place, mm -hmm. and she's, she's very much dropped off, dropped off and left, yes. right? Because the sister doesn't come pick her up, and the dad is like, "All right, let's go, honey. I'm, I'm done with this shit." I'm like, damn. Then she finally meets her roommate. Roommate don't give two shits about her. Her room is destroyed. She has to crawl. Then she's had a party where she knows nobody. Yep. People are licking each other's eyeballs well, in the party. Finally sees her sister and has that connection. And that's what's even better is that this film also is very much a sisterly mm -hmm. coming of age and bonding. And I grew up as an only child, so those things in films have always kind of fascinated me mm -hmm. because I never had a brother to have peeing games with. Who the fuck does that? I've never had a pissing contest with my brother either. <laughs> now, I, you know, maybe that's because we're uptight genius and... I don't know, man. Maybe I mean maybe because there's an age difference. There's like an almost ten year age difference between me and me and my brother. But I've never like, hey, check it out. I bet I could piss further than you. You know what I'm saying? And she goes, ah, down my lane, ha ha ha, and like everything was cool. Can we say French veterinarian shenanigans potentially? I guess so. And apparently, you notice they have an oddities wing in their school. Did you notice that? Yes. I'm like, who the? F that's fucking it's the cool. Herbert West Wing, right? I'm like, ah, <laughs> the Herbert West Wing. Um, everybody's walking and talking at the same time, standing around doing things. It's 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 very interesting, but I just like then the fact that the next day they have the whole like baptism in blood, and then the idea of eating the raw rabbit kidney, and that's really and again the experimentation, the experiencing things. She really then starts to see things in a different light, and she is changing and evolving, and the whole, again, becoming a woman, potentially. Uh, it is noted that she is a virgin yeah, as well. And then the next thing you know, she turns into like some like... This ferocious... Voracious, like just sexed up monster. But here's the thing. They must like... They were talking about it like, oh, what happened? Oh, they made me eat meat. Well, did they, did they force you? 
did like well you know but i didn't want to be oh so nobody really made you put a gun in your head and say eat this well no but i didn't want to be part left out and a lot of peer pressure and, and the peer pressure put on because of the hazing and because of almost like this cast and because system. of the sister yeah because the, the sister is like hey you don't want you yeah do not want to start off being the reject the plus i worked hard and i'm pretty hot shit here you're not gonna fuck it up for me by being a dweeb well in the immediate like dichotomy between the was it the elders and the rookies mm-hmm. and this idea of uh, reverence you know, you have to put your head down. And it reminded me a lot of something we talk, talked about at breakfast was the Lords of Discipline and this whole idea that in a lot of ways they're kind of we- they're trying to wean out the weak ones. You know, if you can't handle this basic stuff, then right. how are you going to handle the, the, the big stuff there? Which I guess... Again, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, still, still. But this whole idea of, yeah, you don't want to be left behind on it. It makes sense in a lot of ways but then that whole idea of no it's just this awakening in her and it's slow and that's what i like about it it's not immediate it's not overwhelming it's gradual it is and it doesn't help that her sister fucking sucks well and i mean and again i don't have siblings or anything like that but i found their relationship actually kind of fascinating because it was because it's like they're loving one minute and oh, they and hate then, each other the next. And then they're like, hey, you need to stop dressing like some sort of school marm. And then like, hey, what do you think about this? Get the fuck out of my apartment. And she's got to walk around with the wobbly the wobbly heels like a goddamn baby deer. I felt so bad for her. But at the same time, I'm like, fucking take off the shoes. Take off the fucking shoes if you're going to walk. Plus, especially if you got to drag your fucking mattress because your, your dorm got like demolished Again. Again. And then you can't even get in because your best friend's having fucking sexy fumblings. And you get, like, this fucking college sucks. And, like, I'm glad, like, they kind of lied because, like, as much as I would like the shenanigans, I don't think I would like the aftermath of the shenanigans. I would much rather have the partying and not the fucking cleanup. Yeah, you never see the cleanup after right? a major epic college party. With the goats running around and shit like <laughs> that. Picking up all that stuff. Right. It's never good. It's never good. Oh, I like the introduction of Adrian as her roommate. Um, in fact, basically everyone in the, the peripherals, it's primarily Adrian, uh, Justine, and Alexia mm-hmm. for the most part. And then you just got kind of just again the peripherals around them, and and then like, what was up with that weird trucker? Oh, when they go and they get the shma- the shawarma, the shawarma. He the so the way he was fondling Adrian's ear. Yeah, because initially it started out it almost seemed like threatening. They were, well, they were almost like almost like passing judgments on trucker and trucker lifestyles mm-hmm. and this and that. And then he kind of came up. I think he overheard him, and immediately was like, "Oh, well, you know, you're you're very lucky." You know, going to school and kind of put it back on him, which was interesting. But the way he said it, just the caressing oh, and just the... He's, he's fumbling with his ear. It's like, why don't you guys take me in that room and split me what like is, a coconut? What is, yeah, what's... <laughs> I was about to ask what French is for lot lizards, but my God, man. If you're going to bring Tom Sizemore into play, right. <laughs> that's all. That all, all scenes are off, my friend. <laughs> hey, like a baguette. <laughs> so, uh, what... So... This movie, again, built around the hype from the puking and the passing out. What do you think potentially to an audience made them either puke or pass out? Because I have a few scenes that I think could have triggered that. Well, absolutely. The hair scene. When she's just pulling out Cousin It so, out of her mouth. And the, the, the worst part about that... It wasn't the fact that it was gross. It was sad. And here's why. Because she's already 
pulling out of the hair, just yakking, 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 and like, I mean, and it's like a whole fucking mink stole's worth, right? And then she fucking comes out, and that girl so nonchalantly goes, hey, if you use two fingers, it'll help you out a lot better. And then she just smiles and just goes about her day, like just the just a nonchalant. It's normalized. Yeah. It's like whatever you're doing to get through this is fine. Right. That's what, like, I was like, oh, man. it That scene, it wasn't the grossness of it. It was the heartbreak of, like, well, that's just how it goes. You know, she's just sitting there. It's yeah. the punch line yeah it's a it's again and it is a literal hair gag it's one of those things that is just so gnarly and nasty but then just the sadness of the punchline on top so yeah. no i totally agree but i think the one that is kind of the biggest set piece and the center is the waxing scene see that one made me laugh because i'm thinking shenanigans again and i'm thinking ah Le Clarkson, you know because like <laughs> The 40-year-old well, virgin. It's a perfect example, and something we've talked about from the beginning is that horror and humor serve the same purpose. You know, they're both forms of catharsis, and whether you are laughing through 40-year-old virgin and whether you're laughing through raw during that scene, you're purging, and it feels good, and you're reacting. That is, and I didn't laugh per se. I was doing this again. This is when I was cringing, and specifically, there were a few shots where they just show her pulling on the in, skin. skin, yeah. I was oh. thinking the skin was going to rip. Now, oh. I was waiting for that. I'm like, okay, French Extreme. Martyrs. But <laughs> <laughs> new home tips from, beauty tips from Mademoiselle, right? No. <laughs> like, if she had a waxing thing, it would probably be wax all your skin off. But anyway. Yeah. But I was like, okay, it's kind of funny. And then, like, with, oh, it's my pussy. Leave me alone. I don't know you. And she cut and she cuts off her own finger. That made me. That gave me a whole fucking giggle. And I'm like, this whole wax nanigans just kind of. Again, again, it's wax nanigans. Yes. It's Kelly Clarkson. In, in any other film, then it could totally just be no. It's it, but in this film, then it veers into truly the seed being sown. And now the first little thing that pops up, and she's eager to feast upon it. And of the finger, and she fucking eats it like uh, Tom Hanks in Big when he's eating that baby corn. When he's just like, you know, and I'm like, well, I guess that would be the proper way to eat a finger. I mean, well, you don't want to seem like a philistine, right? You know, right? It is, you know, you know, you think you'd kind of like just chew on it and suck on it for a little bit, like a everlasting gobstopper. Well, she and well, and hey, there's no wrong way to eat, to eat your a finger. finger. Yeah. But here's the thing: there's not a lot of meat on fingers. I mean, I got fat fingers, and there's not even a lot of meat. It'd be almost like eating like it's, the drum on the uh, like a on a chicken wing. Well, and that's just it. It's not a full-on meal, man. This is very much. It is finger food. It's a snack. Yeah. So it's not designed to like you know like actually fill you up. That's why you're hungry an hour later after that's you do that. That's true. But like the build up. I should take that out of the girl's advice. Try two fingers next time. Oh, man. <laughs> the build up to it, the music, totally dug the score in this Music film. was great in this one. Even I, the party music. Even like when I wasn't like, get off my lawn, I was like. So the build up to when she's licking, to the eating, and then the music kicks in. It's beautiful. So one of the standout scenes for me, especially this time, was her moment when she's getting ready for the party and she's putting on the lipstick. Did you read the lyrics of the song? That yeah. French rap song? It that was like, wet ass pussy. It was. It was like fucking. It was filthy. It was filthy. But it got into it like, 
like do they got like horrorcore stuff as well? Yeah, it was like eat my pussy and then slam me in a coffin and, and then I like sixty nine six six six. Yeah, I want to fuck the dead. And she's over there fucking dancing around. And I'm like, Jeez. is this a goddamn Billie Eilish video? Right? She's like, I'm the bad guy, and she's already dancing all Frenchified. And then, but here's the thing. So let me go back to that scene where she chops off her finger. Yeah. The next scene they're in, they're in the hospital, right? This scene came out of nowhere and just about, I gave me like a what the fuck. That old man, when he pulls out his teeth and he just starts cracking. <laughs> and he just starts laughing. And she goes, oh. And I, I was like, I would be the same thing too. What the fuck? Dude. But then at the same time, I kind of figured maybe if I had dentures and I was a crazy old man, I'd probably be taking them out to scare children too. But I don't know if I'd be creepy about it. But I don't think you, I think inherently creepy That's just it. is taking the teeth out and the scaring people. The minute your intent is to creep some kids out and scare them you just immediately veer over into creepy territory whether you want to or not my friend it just right. happens but it was just so weird just to sit there and like, yeah. and I'm like well, oh god well this is where the bits of levity come into this movie whether they're like intended which i think that is to whether they're not you know with another regions that's why this movie is entertaining right in a way it really truly is um i'm going through kind of almost you know Oh, the way that they got their food by doing roadkill. So God. are they ghouls? I mean, like that's that's pretty rough. Yeah, like, I mean that's because they're eating, sucking out brains and shit. Yes, yes, it's it's what they have to do to survive, or more importantly, what Alexia has to do to survive. Because it's like great passing down of the not. This is how you're gonna. This is how I survive. This because when the movie opens. The way it does with no context right. like that. It's like, what the hell am I watching? Right. But it's the thing. Here's the thing. They don't even need it to survive. They can eat regular food. You know, they just eat it to satiate that hunger of like human. Like sometimes I crave chocolate, but I'm not going to go out and like well, kill do you, somebody. Do you think it is then once you are exposed to either knowledge or this other way of life through college that the idea then is to find a way to moderate it and to not indulge? Yeah. Also, like it could be a form of addiction. Like the scene yeah. when she's like, oh. when she's not only scratching, but when she's like in the um, bed and she can't get out, and it just sounds like someone's beating her with yes. chains. The into all of the dream sequences actually really messed me up. Yeah, it gave me a whole like uh, requiem for a dream vibe. Yes. Where like this isn't a metaphor yes. for addiction. That's why they kill to eat the. Whatever, because they don't need it to live. I no. mean, they can, they're not some, and that's the thing. They're not some sort of like otherworldly ghoul no, where, no, like, because they're, they're daywalkers, but they're also like, they're not Wendigos. They're not um, regular cannibals. Because I think of like, you know, like Cannibal uh, Holocaust, or right. Campbell of Ferox or right. something, or even like the Sawyer clan. Well, let me ask you this, though. You talk about a Wendigo. What if this film went into the direction where every time that she feasted upon someone, she gained their power and knowledge, and this is where her way to compete to get to the number one spot on, like, you know, the freshman list, and, like, kills and eats her way. Just gains, I'm going to eat your brains and gain your knowledge. I don't know if it would make it a better movie, potentially, but, I mean, it's calling in the spirit of the Wendigo, potentially. Yeah. And I don't know. And there's um, it takes a Teen Wolf turn where like she eats and she gets their powers and becomes like the popular. she eats the popular girl and just exudes charisma. She eats Billie Eilish. What do you want from me? Do 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 do. 
this movie could have gone that way and actually haven't seen Tatane. I'm and surprised with, it didn't. And stay with the shenanigans theme. So is Tatane like, is it a spiritual sequel to Raw in a way? Or is there like... It's, it's very much like how there are a number of genres in this. There are a number of genres in Tatane as well. And that's what I really dig with Julia Ducanot is she's very much a fanboy in that she loves body horror elements, but she also loves these deeper driving themes of like abandonment and loneliness and dealing with that. And you see it in Raw and in Tatane. But then she also adds a lot of body horror to it. You know, she adds her own personal style. In fact, there's a shot in here with Julia or Justine when it's that tracking shot and it's just it's like zeroing in on her and you've got all the red around her and she's just sprawled out over that table real animalistic looking like a goddamn predator yeah to pounce on Mm -hmm. anything that moves in there man that was that and the last party she was she was this timid shy again she's from from being that timid naive girl that's you know spitting out the meatball from her mashed potatoes to this this person that is looking to experience and is like overcome and overwhelmed with these urges that she does not know how to control. No, and then she gets fucked with. Like not only the like the paint your body go in and become out green. Oh my, and okay, then, so then like ah she bit me. From the get go and I she handled being just splatted with paint. Quite well. Versus you know Shenanigans like every time shenanigans like that happened, I was like shenanigans like I needed almost a shenanigan counter. Yes, you you could have had a shenanigan counter in right. this film, but then those that shenanigans though leads to her to trying to make blue and gre- uh, blue and yellow make green, and even like the lip biting, it starts small, but people are still like, well, maybe, and even She's Adrian, funky. he has that line when they're lying there together, like, I need to know how weird you are, like, are you into S and then stuff? Are you still all hyped up now? And it leads to the sexual encounter there. Mm-hmm. Which leads to that one scene when she starts biting in on her arm. To keep from biting in on him. Yes, and there's that moment when he's taken, he's like, no, 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 stop, this isn't right. And there, that whole scene is complicated, given that he says, I'm gay, and I'm, I haven't been like hiding 20 years to do something like this. Right. You know, we both were experimenting, I guess, you know, again. she was like, ah, using her animal magnetism from a virgin to like, just like, crazy rough sex and he's like hold on chill 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 and like and she's already going through hard shit and let alone she thinks your sister has her back next thing you know she's ostracized as a freak because that video of her being oh teased with uh morgue meat that whole scene actually when you start her in class and that girl looks at her moves to the next seat and, and she's just, like she actually smells yeah she, and do, you see do i offend right and then uh, Adrian's like, no, we need to talk like this. And then he shows her that. And it's like, oh, my Lord. And so and I don't know if this is me and the baggage I'm bringing, but I don't know if it's a combination of the blue dress that she's wearing and the state that she was in. But I so got an uh, Agi- Isabel Agiani vibe from Possession during that scene. She probably fucking octopus. <laughs> She'd eat one at least. Yeah. She has some calamari. Yeah. Well, and then just again, and it's her sister taking advantage of her yeah. and knowing what she's going through and letting people come in. And, and watch and film. Oh. And then when they get into their epic... Sister fight! Sister fight! Holy smokes! The and they're just going like animals, just biting each other and ripping each other's flesh. But then again, you get in 
the parlance of our times, you get people again filming and watching it. And well, what the fuck? There's, did you ever watch Booksmart? Mm-mm. If you can check it out, it's Olivia Wilde's directorial debut. Olivia Wilde, by the way, you know she played Gozer, really, uh, or Zool in uh, in the Ghostbusters after. Really, yeah. But there's a moment when the two friends are fighting. And everyone has just stopped, and they're filming them. And again, it's just, just this thing. I'm so glad. Well, it's I a didn't. sister fight. It's like this side of Jerry Springer. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> turned out she was a little into Adrian more than she liked to admit. Yeah, and then and it was fu- okay. So I wrote this in my notes, and I felt terrible when she wakes up and like the leg is gone, and she's like, "What happened?" She doesn't know what's going on, and then she realizes it was her sister. Yeah, I wrote pretty sneaky, sis, and so like. <laughs> Well, I thought that was the best, like, you know, reveal with a bloody bed since The Godfather. It was a good leg chomp. Oh, it was intense. And then just her look of just being lost. And again, the tenderness between the sisters when she's trying to clean her up. Those were the moments that also really stuck with me because they went from biting to bonding in a matter of seconds. And it just speaks to the what they're both going through. And I guess sister sister rivalry yeah. what it is. Oh, yeah. You know, because there's a moment there's throughout. She's like, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here to experience this with me. But almost in a way, like, know your place. Not only am I your sister, but I'm an elder. Not only that, but now we're also cannibals. Yeah. Here's what we do. But it was also interesting for that. She now becomes a cautionary tale for the young one, the older sister. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to keep your... Uh, animal instincts in check or you're going to be behind bars well th- they talk about where port do we need to should we we offer an animal trigger trauma i even wrote that movie? down like should this there be an animal trigger i mean because technically they're not hurting no, the animals no, they're, they're, they're helping yes, the animals the very yeah but it's very like in we, your face and very when you when they're doing the whole shoving the uh feeding tube down the horse, the horse yes or when they're like doing the dog um dissection dog dissection or the whole um cow uh um i guess hand up the oh, butt yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> the what they got fingered right well and it's also the fate of quickie you know, quickie was a poor pawn in this game yeah and quickie got he got the raw end of the deal on this one i was a little upset with that yeah and actually no he survived no they said they put him down no they said but they showed him later did they yeah after they went from yeah he's still with us he's still with us once they put the the, once they put the daughter in there and they realized that it wasn't the quick shot of quickie yeah we got a quickie quick quick shot quickie that's good i'm okay that like raises my grade for this. Movie right, so I was like, because I was like, that fucking dog didn't do anything. No, he did not deserve that at all. No, no, no. Oh my god. Okay, that makes makes me so much feel so much better with this. Uh, going through my notes here, I want to make sure I get through everything. Uh, the forearm biting, the reveal, the Godfather, um, genius. Would you say any of them are a treat? Yeah, the sister. You have to be careful. With the that. sister is a treat. It's like I would go out and buy the raw steaks for her, or like. <laughs> I might even try like like oh you gotta try it and like can we cook it first? Would you try to hide a hamburger patty in your in your pocket though? I've been known to actually get the most out of buffet. <laughs> yeah, I've been known to get the most out of buffet. Okay, so not here at Screenland, not here at the Alamo, but I remember one time going into a movie theater and it was for it was one for one of those eight films to die for, and I knew I was oh, gonna yeah. be there for a long time, right? So I sure as shit went to McDonald's and I bought like. A couple of hamburgers and stuff, and I put them in my pockets and like had them. So I had like about a couple of different sandwiches and stuff. So um, at the Cinemark at the Plaza, 
they had a McDonald's on the first floor when you walked in, and then you'd go upstairs to Cinemark. Well, there were a few times back when I rocked cargo shorts that I would buy a 20-pack of McNuggets, put them in that side pocket, and right? they full go up and... Give me some tots. <laughs> Give me some McNuggets. But yeah, I wouldn't steal a burger, but I would definitely like well, that try had... and put a burger in my pocket and go somewhere with it. Between that and the scene in Trading Places when Dan Aykroyd puts in that like that roast beef in his pocket mm-hmm. there's just something about pocketed meat that is so nasty or like in street trash when that hobo goes in the store and just starts pulling everything in, in his pants. pants again there's just something horrible that leaves a bad taste in my mouth now i'm going to ask you a personal question genius yes. because as it turns out you can taste like something alexia apparently tasted like curry yeah justine apparently tasted like shit genius if someone were to take a bite out of you what are you going to taste like? Probably Dr. Pepper. Like probably, British? Yeah, no, it probably tastes like 23 flavors and shit. No, it probably tastes like a combination. Uh, it would be sweet and sour because, you know, I definitely have a sweet and I have a tangy side to me. It would probably be like have a little bit of Latin spice. It would probably, probably be like an old burrito with a hint of nicotine. Dude, and you, just I'm like, wanting to bite you now at this point the way you're selling it. My no, God. It make me a cannibal. No, it tastes like you had an, like not a good burrito. It's like from one of those sketchy places that might make you sick. Burrito King up in Lawrence at two o'clock in the morning, right? With Nick, like after you just got back from clubs yes. where you don't give a shit. It's greasy. It's terribly bad for you. Look like you've been partying with the French right? Bulgarian students. Yeah, it's like I said. There's that hint of nicotine and badness in it, and like it's a little bit too salty. And like you try to wash it down with the Dr Pepper because that's the only thing you have, and it's a warm Dr Pepper. That's what I would taste like. Oh man. It's not bad no no but you could do better you know like <laughs> it's all right you know it's, it's there like my life right now it's, it's not bad you can do better it's like it's like oh i want to go to like the good jeepers not the shitty jeepers and i'm like uh. what about you what do you think you taste like that's what's rough is because i have such a horrible diet at this point i would not want my worst enemy as a cannibal to bite into me it would be greasy it would just be nothing of substance it would just be nothing it would just be empty calories and i don't even think it would be a taste it's it's just like almost like if you were to take lard sadly i think that's what it would taste like hey fried lard probably be delicious that's just it now if you were to like tenderize me and boil me up yes i would make a great base for someone else right to slather on a burrito which might make it better which is i think why we work well together my friend see i think i'm so fat i'm marbleized i bet i, I bet like you know like a like a ha- a shank would That's... be taste wonderful because like it's all <laughs> fatty and stuff you know i like, cook me up a rump roast well, okay, so let me pose a question to you. Mm-hmm. I already know my answer for this oh, one. Oh, no. If they're like, okay, hey, we're trying exotic meats. Like, if you see, go to, um, what's that place? Uh, no. Not Nag Champa's. What's that place that has oh, the Fogo de Chow? Fogo de Chow. They come out like, okay, here's some, some braised pork. Oh, yum, yum, yum. Okay, here's some roasted chicken. Okay, yum, yum, yum. Here's some roasted human. Would you try it? Roasted, okay. So it's it's cooked. Roasted. It's fully cooked. Okay. Fully cooked. You're not eating it raw. You're just, but you are aware that, that you're eating probably oh, a, 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 like man. the thigh of a human. 
That's tough because they get into an interesting conversation in Raw about if you were to rape a monkey, right? The moral implications of that, right? And the separation of animal and man. And and I'd like that conversation. Like, so you're saying a monkey being raped is the exact same thing as a woman being raped? She goes, "Well, yeah, Yeah. kinda." And she goes, "If you don't believe that, why you're here in medical school?" And I'm like, "Yeah, "Yeah, that's true. We're you, you guys are there to help." animals and to be their advocate right and so you, if you don't give a shit about rape raped monkeys what are you doing there so it's and the- rape is rape whether it be a monkey or not for example like i don't want to get local but like oh, no yeah. never mind i'm not going to go down to this tangent because like this is a terrible tangent yeah, that Genius i was about isn't to a rock there. star no. so we're cool yeah no, I, I i agree and it's one of those things where it's the distinction between animal and human and again i i i eat a lot of meat but whenever I see like the unethical treatment of right. animals in slaughterhouses, uh, that that cognitive dissonance kicks in. You yeah, know? like if I see a bunch of cows getting slaughtered, I'm eat chicken for a little bit. But, but I'm I'm not gonna stop eating cows. You know what? Humanity, there's such it's such a taboo, and I don't know if I would. Am I gonna be judged? Am I, listen, let me ask you this: Is anyone else gonna know, or is it just me and the people at this Fogo de Chao that is probably gonna be like raided at any second? It's okay. Let's say, for example, it's me, you, Mount Baldy, and like the regular crew, and we go to this restaurant. It's a fancy restaurant. We don't know when we are all there to try it. It's right? Are we wearing ties? Yeah, it's fancy, okay. and it's like nobody outside the restaurant is gonna know that we've eaten meat unless you decide to tell. I'm gonna be like, yeah, fuck, I'm, I'm eating meat, human Look, meat all day you, long. You, you, just been ju- your jowls have been getting up going yes i'm going to try it greg why don't you just i kind of want to try human meat i've always been curious i don't know if that this is why i should have been there to tumwa do you see how much long i took to talk about whether i'd eat the meat or not and you're like dude just, just i'm gonna eat the meat greg i'm gonna eat the meat I'm like, I'm gonna- like you told you i'm like i already have my answer to this question but like no so like i mean yeah no nobody's gonna know except out of the table but we will all know and the people at the restaurant know if it's deep fried I'm gonna I'm gonna try it. I'm yeah, it's slow roast. It. It's, it's braised. It's braised. It's braised. It's, it's and, it's, have, like, and you the know what? It's in organic it. human. Oh, what, right? what was it? What was their name? <laughs> Probably Steve. Right. And so like, I'd prefer Chad if I can. They had a good life. You know. Oh, this this is how your Chad was raised, and right. this is uh, and then one day it meant like you know, here's a coin toss, <laughs> friendo, and then like, <laughs> no, not that gun. <laughs> I'm, that's how they do that's it. True. No, that's and fair. so, like, you know, he didn't know. Like, look at the flowers. Or, like, pet the rabbits. And then, boop, behind it. So he was fine. Okay. So okay. it's it's I'm... it's ethically sourced human meat. <laughs> right? And it's been cooked at 350. And it's tender. Right? And so, like, hey, would you like to try this chunk of human flesh? Are we going to have to eat something between recordings here, my friend? Because at this point, I'm actually hungry now for some of this human <laughs> flesh. I'm always, I I don't know what that says about me, but if I always went to a restaurant, they're like, hey, here you go, there's some long pork. I mean, I'm like, okay, cool, I'll try some long pork. Would you try the milk steak? Yeah, well, no. No, Now, if it's non-dairy milk steak, and it wasn't because I'd be like, hey, uh, here, try the milk steak. Like, no, that's gross. It's not going to be that at all. I don't want to offend their culture. It's just like, hey, you know, I don't want to be shitting all over the place, you know, this delicious meal. You know, I mean- I'd try it. I mean, if it's a local delicacy and shit. Try Steve. He's delicious. 
You know, I mean, if it's good enough for Miles O'Keefe, I mean, and Michelle Thompson, the sauce makes the dish. Now, ultimately, are you going to go to a really fancy place like where they let you pick the lobster? Do you actually get to pick your person? Yeah, especially if it's veal. And I'll be like, I want that that's little fat kid right there. I want him. I want him. He looks good. Are you going to, like, poke him a little and just, you know, make sure. What'd you have for lunch today? Chocolate chip cookie dough? That's the one I want. You know? I let me just say this. I'm gonna kind of try to wrap it up, but <laughs> if we ever take an airplane ride together, my friend. Oh, have we crash land in the Andes? Y'all I, are fucked. Y'all are fucked. I it's gonna be gonna like take my eyes it's off. It's gonna of be you. like Betty Hill. Next thing you know, I'm gonna put like a little bib on with a napkin, pull out a knife and a fork, and we're gonna be going up and down the the airplane hallways. <laughs> <laughs> in caves and ice caves and shit. Next thing you know, like you're gonna see everybody like run in there, and like then I go in and I slam the door. And next thing you see is I'm all like enormously fat, and I got more so, and I'm just like ah, oh, there's bones everywhere. <laughs> oh my uh, lord. Um. So this has been an interesting trip into the French extremities. <laughs> oh, what what fruit it bore for us. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it is um, jackfruit, which is gonna like make you believe it's no, you know meat. Why did you already kill him and eat it? We've only been stranded for six hours. Like, hey, I don't yeah. know how long it's going. We went in Rome. Yeah, we getting the eating's good, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we're not even that far out of the wilderness. <laughs> like, yeah, actually, there's a they're town coming right, right there. There's a new crew. This crew is already here. Why I'm hungry now, damn it! I know. I still gotta wait for processing. Come on, I'm just having a snack. Um. Okay. Uh, <laughs> again, I didn't think we'd laugh this much through <laughs> this month-long look into the French extremity. Oh, man. Final thoughts on Raw Genius McGee. No. I, did I, we I, hit all your bullet points? Hey, you know what? I don't know if I, like, uh, let's talk about the ending really quick. Ooh, I don't know if ooh, I don't, the, the, the whole implication. Oh, the, the implication. The family yes. of that. So I guess the ghoul trade is passed down. Yeah, well, and that's just it. We do find out that, yes, indeed, it is something that is passed down through the women in the family. And the final reveal of the father, and the father has been put upon this entire time. <laughs> yeah, literally. And he's been kind of a dick, too, as well. When he's, he's been a bit, bit of a dick. I mean, I like, guess if I've been chewing nod on and get all hair lipified. <laughs> well, and you know what? I'm not going to lie. I had an I not an issue, but a point when he revealed all the scar tissue. I, I did it for you, like the brood. Oh, actually, no. I could have. We could have gone Billy in, you know, a, a Russian prison. I actually went more of a like a thing of souls, like Freddy's chest. Yeah, like it every like person it. she's devoured. He oh, actually, oh. That's the souls of all the dead people. But rather that, no, this is compromise in this cannibal coupling here, and it's frightening. It's haunting. And then you get the title card, and then the music again. But mm -hmm. no, I. There's, I've always been of a person that thinks that with a good marriage, there has to be compromise, and it needs to be complementary, where your strengths maybe heighten their weaknesses and vice versa. Yeah, but don't bite my nipple off, you know, because well, you're feeling peckish. It, it's, you can't figure, you can't choose who you fall in love with, genius, you just have to work with them. And again, this could be read into... You know, is that a toxic marriage for him? Is he, you know... Is I mean, he, he is kind life? of abused husband. Or is it 
and yeah, is or is it consensual? And it's just like this is the sacrifice I make for the, our relationship to work. It's again, there's a number of ways that you can read into this film. I'd have to say deal breaker though. <laughs> Finally, know? a deal breaker. I for think you? That, yeah, just being chewed on. I'm the chewer, not the chewy. Yeah, you're not the salt lick, my friend. You're the salt licker, <laughs> right? No, I agree. It's it's very, but it's haunting, and I think it's set that way for a reason. And it worked for me, though. Yeah, it didn't ruin it for me. It actually added to it. And then the fact that Alexa's her life is pretty much over at this point, or just beginning. Or, yeah, possibly. And same thing with Justine. No, I really dug the film. I'm glad we were able to revisit it. Uh, actually. The three films we watched, I'm not regretting a single one of them. Mm-mm, mm-mm. You know, again, Martyrs will take a while for me to get to. Raw, I might come around again to eventually. I really dig it. And again, I need you to watch Titane. We might have to watch it together just for some reactions potentially. <laughs> but it's it's a hardcore film as well, man. But Julia Ducarneau, she's, for, she's two for two in my book at this point. I'm always going to be seeking out what she puts out. Nice. I'll check it out. So... Uh, as we close out the month of November, we're looking to the month of Dongcember. No, we're, stay- <laughs> we're staying with what we were originally going to go into. There's just too many films with that. But I do believe some of our films will contain tiny terrors. Yes. What film will we be going into next week? You have to tune in to find out. And until that time, this is Greg D. And I'm hungry. <laughs> we'll see you in your dreams. Do, 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 do